Connecting with Dave Lester Payne and the Evolution Drive Time every Monday to Thursday, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Observer Radio 91.1 FM. And a very special good afternoon, Antigua and Barbuda. Welcome to Connecting with Dave Lester Payne for today, Monday, the 8th of October, 2018. It's uh, Breast Cancer Month, Breast Cancer Awareness. We're 29 days away from, uh, of course, a referendum uh, for, for or against. And uh, I say welcome to all wherever you are around the world. Here's hoping you had a great weekend. Uh, today, I have members of CCJ Can Wait. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, I have Mr. Garfield Joseph and Uriel Hodge, Antigua and Barbuda Employers Federation. They'll be with me, and at 4 o'clock, as usual, Evolution Drive Time. We say a very special good afternoon to familiar faces, to all our friends on Facebook Live. Uh, I, I want to say a very special good afternoon to the lawyer that is with us. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon to all of your listeners. It's a pleasure to be here. And you are the president or chairman of CCJ Can Wait. I am the chairman at this time. At this time? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you are a lawyer? Yes. So I've been led to believe. You are? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're, you're for your complete name? Uh, my name is Kendrickson Kentish, but I'm known to everyone as Kenny. As Kenny? Uh, can I use Kenny this afternoon? That's perfectly normal. Okay. Good afternoon, Kenny. And uh, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Hughes. Good afternoon, Dave, and How good are afternoon you? to Antigua and Barbuda. Hey, and you know, internet. I'm seeing something is rather fascinating good. this afternoon. I'm very good. <laughs> like that. Uh, good, good afternoon, Mr. Stewart. Good afternoon to you, Dave. Good afternoon to your many listeners okay. throughout the world. You notice I call you guys Mr. Yes. Yeah. I, and I call Kenny Kenny because I want to be Kenny's friend. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is so fascinating about this, Kenny, is that we have a member of DNA. Mm-hmm. And a member of UPP in the CCJ can wait. Which member of UPP? Well, well, well you remember I'm UPP. I remember, but I'm not here representing. Me, let me talk, Pomasino. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not, so, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's good to see folks coming together. Uh, you know, community togetherness is well, a good thing. Dave, you raise a good point there. Huh? I think that's where we should start because this is not a partisan issue mm-hmm. for any of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's about what's best for Antigua and Barbuda. And it's not about red, blue, and it's not about what the government wants. It's what is best for the people. So all of us, although we come from different um, backgrounds, we all have the same uh, feeling. It's a community that, effort. Yeah, yes, that, that, that something is wrong in the debate, in the way it's going thus far, and that we've only been hearing one side, and we think that the public deserves to hear another side. And that's all that we're trying to do. The twenty, we're twenty-nine days away from the, of course, uh, referendum, and uh, CCJ can wait mm-hmm. is now in action. Uh, what are some of the things that CCJ can wait, uh, and not the weight of anything, but wait, stay, hold on, you know, what is it about this CCJ that you think we ought to wait? Well. If I may start from the union's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Um, the reason why we are of the opinion right now that the CCJ can wait is because one of the factors that affect the working class people of this country is still yet not organized in Antigua and Barbuda, and that is the industrial court. The industrial court? The industrial court. It's not organized? It's not organized, properly constituted. There are four 
judges or four panel personnel who are waiting their instruments up to this moment that I speak to you. They have not been appointed via the instruments. But I, I thought right? the court we is have, in operation. The court is in operation with three persons ah. who are impaneled. Okay. The chair, the president, mm -hmm. and two other members are who are acting and functioning right now. We have cases in the court that are held up because of this very issue. How not so? Not being impaneled. There's not enough um, this uh, meeting. The court is not meeting the way it should if it had the, pro the proper pro um, panel in place. So CC, so CCJ. Right? Now the CCJ, mm -hmm. this is part of our overall system, oh. the industrial court. This is the court that affects the working man and woman. And that's why the workers' union is of the opinion that there are lots of things in our society that needs to be first settled before we make that move. I will go on because Kenny is going to come back with the, the ordinary courts mm. and what's happening in the ordinary courts. We can only speak to the industrial court. Mm. And as I sat this afternoon with Ambassador Keeflin Smith, I want to say this, and he said to me, the first thing you should tell Antigans and Barbudans is that when the leaders of independence were putting together various constitutions, they took everything away from England except the justice system because justice should not be played with or toyed with. It affects society in ways that we cannot believe. And even home here, when V.C. Bird and the authors of the Constitution were drafting our Constitution, they did not just leave it simply to a parliament. They did not leave it simply to a majority of one or two. They said you must get a two-thirds. That is to show how serious they were with justice. And we today are toying as if, okay, it's just the cost, so we lower the cost, or the cost might be different, so we can go CCJ. We're talking about justice. And the workers' union today cannot support the move to the CCJ at this time. And we're saying the CCJ can wait. Uh, Mr. Yes. Stewart? Yes, let, uh, let me just say, uh, basically, I'll be speaking more towards the finance. Eh? Mm -hmm. But I want to say that uh, one of the reasons why this group has come together is to let the voices of the individuals who uh, um, have some difficulty at this time with the CCJ, let their voices be heard. And we are really channeling the voices of these people. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to say to the nation this afternoon that our opposition to the transition has nothing to do with the competencies of the justices. Because that has been said that, that um, we, are, we are speaking about their competencies. It has nothing to do with any preference for quote-unquote the white man or the white woman um, justice. We are saying to wait. It has nothing to do with our lack of patriotism and pride because everybody know the three persons here and members within our group will lay their lives down for Antigua and, and Barbuda. So we want persons as they listen to this debate to listen to the issues that we posit on the table and judge whether uh, we are ready to go towards the CCJ. And I noticed from since the formation of this group, we are hearing a lot of rumblings, especially from the Prime Minister. 
And I want to echo and call on the Prime Minister because he, in the first town hall meeting, he said nobody's there representing the, the no persons who are saying to wait. And now that a group has come, I already see some uh, character assassination tactics uh, going, going, going out. But we are going to keep this discussion above board and speak to the issues because we are saying there are two sides to this debate and persons are going to hear this side that we are asking the people of Antigua and Barbuda to wait and we are going to present to them the reasons, the rationale why we are saying to them to wait. CCJ can wait and they should vote no in the referendum. And clearly I heard it this afternoon the whole uh, discussion about the question on the referendum paper uh, to put to the people. I am saying that, that has that been determined? Well, it came out from the um, Electoral Commission. 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 I, I did not hear it. I, right? I, I did not hear it. So it means that we, it, like they want to bamboozle people. It's, I, are we saying, I don't know if they'll have symbols on, on the um, ballot paper or they'll have the word CCJ beside the, the no and the yes, how they'll do it. But we are calling for more clarity for, for that referendum question. Yeah, the, the question, well, I've seen it in the media, so I, I don't know to what extent it is accurate, but the, the question that is... Kenny, could, could you just bring yeah, this down? The question, bring your microphone down. Bring the it question down. as it is right. uh, been reported uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the media doesn't even mention CCJ. No. The question on the ballot paper, which I found very, very strange. Well, I heard some utterance that, that what would be on it, mm-hmm. uh, but it was not concretized. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering now, if it's concretized by the Electoral we'll, Commission. We'll wait to see. But can, can I make one, yes, one, one point? Yes, Kenny, I was going to come to you because <laughs> you have more than one point to make. So. Okay, <laughs> look. <clears throat> the way our legal system is structured is no different from any other legal system in the Commonwealth. Okay? At the moment, we have our apex court, which is the Privy Council. Right below that is the Court of Appeal. And then below the Court of Appeal, we have the High Court, Industrial Court, and Magistrates Court. Now, Antigua is no different from, from any other country in the Commonwealth in the sense that most of the cases in the legal system are actually heard and determined in the lower courts. That's the magistrate yes. court. Magistrate court, or high, high court. court. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. But that the, the role of the apex court is basically to settle the law when there is a dispute as to what the law is. That is their primary role. They don't get involved in the administration of justice and, 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 and that sort of thing. So the, the point that I think we, we, we want to make is this. Any person walking on the streets of Antigua and Barbuda today, the likelihood that they would have to appear before the Privy Council or even the CCJ if we adopted it tomorrow is minimal. But the chance, Dave, that you might have at some point in time in your life to have to deal with the traffic court in the matches court, that's high. Mm-hmm. The family court, the high court, the industrial court, if somebody gets fired and they want to challenge it in court and so on. So there is a higher likelihood that if you had to deal with the legal system, you'd be dealing with the lower courts. And we think that right now, the lower courts need drastic revision and attention, immediate even. And that should be where our focus is. I'm not opposed to the CCG. Not in any way opposed to it. And we're not challenging the competences of the judges on the CCG. The issues we have with the referendum, the issues we have with the uh, appointment of the president of the CCJ. But we as Caribbean people are not saying that Antigua Barbuda should not accede to the CCJ in its appellate jurisdiction. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. 
And, uh, of course, uh, Kenny uh, uh, was speaking when we took the commercial break. Yes. I, I just wanted to emphasize that the, the lower courts need dramatic attention. Now, our Chief Justice, Dame Janice Pereira, in the address which she gave, televised throughout the entire Eastern Caribbean, at the opening of the law term, highlighted many of the problems that the court now faces. Now, the court is doing a, a, a wonderful job with limited resources, but she pointed out several things. <coughs> Most important of which was that she said, justice does not flow from the top going down. It flows from the bottom going up. And it, it, it mirrors what we're saying, that uh, if you want to improve access to justice, you do it where it starts. Because for most of us, we don't file cases in the CCJ unless it's in the original jurisdiction. We file cases in the lower courts. And those courts need some, 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 some help. Now, she said that the courts in the Eastern Caribbean are owed by the regional government some $22 million. And she gave direct examples of how that negatively impacts the quality of the justice that we, we enjoy at this point in time. For instance, she pointed out that there are many criminal appeals that cannot proceed because they don't have transcripts of the trial record. Every trial in Antigua and Barbuda and in the other islands, so they, they're, they're recorded. There's an audio recording of the trial, but someone has to transcribe them so that the court record can be prepared. And several appeals can't proceed because of that. She gave the example of the recent appeal from Barbuda, where the court, two members of the court, it was a female panel, two members sat in St. Lucia, another one I think was in uh, Tortola. You had counsel in Antigua, counsel in England, and everybody was able to participate electronically in that hearing by the appeal court. But that's not something that's being done every day because of the challenges with the equipment and, 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 and so on. But that's something the court would like to do because at the moment, the court has to travel to each of the islands for every appeal session. Now, when they travel, that costs a lot of money. When they have to stay in a hotel, that costs a lot of money. And so if the court is able to reduce those costs, it's saving us the taxpayers. And it is enabling cases to get heard more quickly. Now, I, I, I think we should be focusing our attention on things like that, the, the issues that she has highlighted. I, I've seen situations, there was a man in court the other day who gave uh, a report to a, a judge that his appeal to the Privy Council could not proceed because the file in the High Court had gone missing. Now, that doesn't happen every day, but it happens often enough. And one of the things that the courts want to do is to have an e-court. In other words, that once you file documents in court, they're scanned and stored electronically. So this business about files moving and disappearing and getting damaged, we eliminate all of that. That's something that we need to do in 2018, but we can't do it because the governments are not pumping money into those courts. And uh, Stuart is going to talk about uh, that too. Uh, because I, have a, I have a question before mm -hmm. for you move on. You, you mentioned, and I think I, I heard someone quite recently, if not yesterday, saying that each magistrate and judge, they have to write well, yes, they have to write to make their own their own notes. In okay. the magistrate's court, I don't think the hearings are recorded, though. I have to be honest. Is with it recorded in, in the high court? In the high court, they are recorded. But in the magistrate's court, they're not recorded. And the magistrate has to write down everything. But judges in the high court do write down their own notes. Some of them type them up on their laptop. And, and it's so recorded? 
Yes. It's recorded. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I want to take you back to my school years. Mm -hmm. And there's a gentleman that is very famous in Antigua and Barbuda today, mm -hmm. Mr. Ivor Ford. Mm -hmm. I remember on Market Street coming from school, would see him when there's a trial on. He'd be there with a machine. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the name of that machine? I think they call them teleprompters. Well, yeah. well we yeah. know he was typing down things. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they don't do that anymore, do they? Not in Antigua. Not in Antigua. No. Now, we mentioned about traveling and the mm -hmm. expense of traveling. Mm -hmm. And this is for the appeals court? Yes, because it's an itinerant court. It travels to all the different islands. Okay, so, mm -hmm. and you mentioned that the hearing for Barbuda mm -hmm. was done via uh, the electronic media. Mm -hmm. So, folks, so why can't that happen? Well, if the government's pay of the $22 million, it can happen Ooh. more often. Mm. <laughs> That's the problem. So it comes back again to money. Money. And as you're saying, we're a small developing country and we, we have limited resources. And I, let's take the example of those men who, who, um, and women whose appeals can't be heard. Mm -hmm. If the CCJ is our final court tomorrow, those persons still can't go to the CCJ. So the CCJ has not recommended or give any assistance financially to help the locals? That's not the, the role of the That's CCJ. That's not the remit. No, what the CCJ has done, they, they have partnered with a, a, a non-profit out of Canada called Jurist. Uh -huh. And Jurist has appointed the CCJ as the executing agency in the Caribbean. So they're helping uh, several islands through that funding. Well, that funding has a limited life, for instance. Uh, they're helping with setting up a sexual offenses court in Antigua. But uh, they, they set up the training for the staff and all those things. But the government of Antigua has to provide the building. They haven't been doing. They haven't been doing so because, of course, they don't have the money. So we have to sit down and have a serious conversation about the extent to which we are going to make the courts a priority. Because they, uh, you're older than I am, but you can tell me whether you've ever heard the courts being featured as an issue in an election. It's never been a priority, and if you don't make it a priority, you're not going to be able to give the people of Antigua the quality of justice that they want. I don't want the public to think that as somebody has suggested that 90% of the population is locked out of the possibility of appeals to the final court. That's absolutely not the case. What the problem is, in the lower courts, how do the cases go through the system? That's so, really so what, what you, the issue is. So, so, so the CCJ can wait is that there's a problem of the foundation mm -hmm. and the, the, there's ways and means that it can be fixed. Yes, yeah. And you're saying fix that. Yeah. A question that I, ask, I need to ask, because you mentioned it and Mr. Hughes mentioned it. The uh, court, the industrial court, mm -hmm. is it regular magistrates that sits on, 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 on that court? No, no, no. The, the industrial court is a special court. Mm -hmm. It's called a superior court of record, which means it's on the same level as the high court. Mm -hmm. But it is staffed not just by lawyers, but by laymen as well. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're appointed to hear disputes between employers and employees. Now, uh, as, as, as Mr. Hughes has pointed out, we have a situation where sometimes the, the full panel is not available because the people are waiting to be appointed. They may have a contract, but they haven't been renewed. And so, they have so those people are paid? Yes. yes. They're paid? Yes. yes. Oh, yes, okay. for sure. And it should consist of how many members? Well, normally you have two panels of three persons each, normally. Oh, okay. Right? But there, I think there's only one panel sitting now. Mm. So what that means is that you can't hear as many cases as you would want to if you had the full two panels sitting. And those courts are financed by the local government? Yes, they are. So it's a question of money? 
you know, it boils down to that. But the money that was sent to, to, to establish uh, the, the CCJ court that we would have put in, that was just for that court. Correct. But we are advocating for the creation of a trust fund for, for, the, the, for the lower courts. I think Mr. Justin Simon has publicly agreed with me that that is something that we should, should be doing. Mm-hmm. Because it can't be right in 2018 that our courts have to be dependent on governments handing over money and our chief justice having to beg them to pay up what they owe. But just as how you can create a trust fund for the CCJ, you can create one for the lower courts so that they're independently run. And this would serve the Eastern Caribbean or the OECS? Eastern Caribbean states. Eastern Caribbean states. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that secures their independence. So that means they wouldn't have to go to anyone for funding? In theory. Stuart will talk about that. Yeah, I'm going to get to him. I just wanted to to, to just have a a clear understanding Mm -hmm. of why CCJ can wait, Mm -hmm. uh, the discrepancy that exists now Mm -hmm. in the local court, because you are a member of the bar. Yes. You serve, uh, you're representing clients. So, of course, you're speaking from a point of factual understanding of what goes on in the courts. Yes. And you are not satisfied that the right things are being implemented in the courts so as to let the hearings... Yeah, I, I don't think governments are prioritize what goes on in the courts. I mean, you may have heard that even in Grenada, uh, I think as we before last, they had to shut down the courts in Grenada mm-hmm. because of problems with rodent infestation. So no hearings could proceed. You know, and so we definitely have a problem in how we deal with the court system. Uh, the Manchester Court in Antigua, the building has been neglected for years. The roof leaks. When it leaks, they have to shut down. They can't have any hearings. These are things that you have to start to pay attention to. So, I just want again, before Mr. Uh, Mr. Stewart gets starts to speak about money, in Antigua and Barbuda, because I want to focus mm-hmm. on here, because the referendum yeah. will be held here, mm-hmm. along in, in, in Grenada, I think, yes, on correct. the same date. Same day. Same day that, of course, the Americans are having their uh, by-elections. It's not Mid-term. by-elections, Mid-term. midterm Mid-term. elections. Yes. I don't live there, so <laughs> if, I, if I'm, I don't have the right stuff, I don't have the right stuff. But mm-hmm. all those things will be happening in Antigua and Barbuda. What I want to understand, or the listeners and the viewers to understand, uh, that CCJ can wait is not saying no to CCJ. It's saying that even though we become a member of the CCJ on the, is the 6th? Mm-hmm. On the 6th? Is the 6th or the 9th? 6th. The 6th. That it has it will not have an effect on the well-beings of the law court not in the way that it's being portrayed they, 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 so the ccj will not be able to finance the development of the law courts to the standards that we in antigua and barbuda would like to see certainly not no. they're not going to be pumping any money into that no but they, 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 they're, they're not a taxing body they don't have the, the, the ability to tax people and, and raise revenue they're dependent on the monies that the government's put in but what they've done, as I said, is they partner with, with Juris, but Juris has a limited amount of money M- that they... Exactly. And you're saying there's a court that can be established here, but we don't have the building. Is that In what you... what, sorry. The same monies that are offered to Antigua and Barbuda, I think you said the family court. Oh, yes, court? Yeah, the family court, yes, yeah. yes. I, I hear well. offenses court, yes. <laughs> yeah. mm. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's old parliament building that's been earmarked for it. But the, you know, the that's government has been dilapidated state. Yes, the government has been promising that's going to be the family court for over three years now. Okay, so so we got that out of the way. This is one more question before we get to the finance. Mm-hmm. What would it take for them to finance the courts of the the Eastern Caribbean like they did for the CCJ? Do they need laws to be passed for them to do that? I would think so. That would I think also require some sort of constitutional amendment. But, but would that need a referendum? Fund? 
I, yes, it would. It would? Because the provisions in our constitution dealing with the courts are entrenched. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. So it would also require... Even the funding of the courts? Well, um, it doesn't address specifically the funding, but mm-hmm. I would think that if you're going to be looking at addressing it so as to give the court that complete independence, you would have to do some sort of constitutional amendment. Okay, but, but uh, okay. All right, we, we move on. Money, money, money. You see, because you have been speaking money, dear Dave, mm-hmm. and this is the perception that is being given to the public that the CCJ, the financing of the CCJ is done into perpetuity, which is not so. Because you're saying, um, if I was hearing you correctly, that the CCJ will help to finance the law court. No, I was so posing forth. a question. Okay. If it does. Uh-huh. Because, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the CCJ will not be in a position to finance itself if the government don't top up and inject more monies. In what? Into the, the, the trust fund. But, but before you go any further with that, the trust fund was $100 million. Yes. <laughs> it's now with my... Uh, 85 million. 85, 80 plus million. Yes. Uh, the court, that money should have been invested in whatever form, the, the, the investment. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. the money is just sitting there mm-hmm. and say use it until it's finished. Mm-hmm. So it means if it's down to 85, where did they invest money to create that continuity with the funds? Okay, well, that's a good question. I was invited to a meeting on uh, September the 26th, a special meeting uh, chaired by Dr. Lewis, Linton Lewis, the chairperson of the uh, CCJ Trust Fund mm-hmm. and I sat quietly and I got a lot of information they invested the money in all different types of security so the monies, the 100 million at the time, 13 years ago uh, was invested but you can see that of that 100 million 15 million of that principal sum have been used to assist in the financing of the court and in the administration of the fund, right? So basically, uh, he reported, and from the financials that I got from their website, $90 million have been spent in 13 years for the administration of the court costs and also the fund. 19? 90. 90. No, no, wait, wait a minute. 90 million yes. has been spent already? Correct. So how come if you have a hundred million yeah. and you spend ninety, yeah. uh, they, you still have eighty-five? Right, because some of the money spent were, were from the returns, the investment. Of the investment, correct. Because bearing in mind, you know what, if one million is in the bank as far as the investment is concerned, if you have a million dollars in the bank and it stays there at the end of the year, you should have a tidy sum. Correct. You see, the, the investment would have uh, made returns over the years, mm-hmm. right? So that uh, if you take the 15 from the 90, mm-hmm. those, the, the, the difference would have been the amount spent uh, from investment or earned for, by the fund mm-hmm. so that they could spend on, on their... Uh, so they got some good returns in the on. investment. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Because the returns that they received, the average return over the years, over the 13 years, represent about... Five million dollars. Five? Five to six million dollars annually. From a hundred million? Correct. Because the average return, according to the figures given to me, by the data given to me by Dr. Williams, by Dr. Lewis, sorry, 
is 5.2%, right? Years they made good return. Some years they made negative return. So the average over the 13 years, about 5, let's say 5%. That worked out to be uh, about, you know, 5 million. And as the fund, the principal fund is being depleted, well, you know, the return is, is, is going it's down. It's going to be smaller. It's smaller. The annual quote cost is in excess of $7 million. We've got to take a break. We're 29 days away from the referendum in Antigua and Barbuda that comes up on the 6th of November, 2018. And members of the CCJ, a newly formed organization, saying CCJ can wait. Uh, uh, we were at Mr. Stewart and the finances because that seems to play a pivotal role in the discussions across Antigua and Barbuda of what costs what and Privy Council costs what. And CCJ is the court to go because they have the money to do it. Critical component of the discussion. Uh, let me just say to persons listening that um, we'll be having our town hall meetings and so forth and you'll be able to come so that you know, you'll hear the finances uh, broken down in more details. But for the purposes of, of our discussion here, let me just say that one of the things that Dr. Lewis mentioned at that meeting on the 26th of September 2018 was that, and this was after you know questioning because the, it was poorly attended, and I, I was able to ask many questions. He said that... So let's turn out a bit more for you. Yeah, it was beneficial for me, <laughs> okay, really. He, he, he basically said that the trust fund, the committee that he chairs, made representation to the governments uh, immediately thereafter that injections of monies from taxpayers' dollars come to the fund every five years. Um, I really didn't understand whether those monies are coming in because if the, the appeals quote is oh, 20 million, I, I, I really doubt it. But based, based on what he was saying, he's basically agreeing with our position that this, C, this CCJ trust fund will be depleted, will be depleted shortly. And I'm going to give you a scenario to show you that the depletion will be in about eight years. Now, we have only four jurisdictions uh, under the appellate section of the CCJ. If we add four more to take it to eight, and we add the three justices that are not on board, only seven now, but it makes uh, it caters for ten. I noticed from the financials over the 2015 to 2016, they added about ten new employees. So I am just projecting that if you're going to have more justices, more jurisdiction, you're going to have more employees to pay. So that I'm just showing the picture where the cost is going to, uh, to go up. So I am estimating that the annual expenditure to administer the court will increase by about a hundredfold from seven million to 14 million and that's what i'm saying if you add only four more jurisdiction right and if it increase if if it increases to 14 million then you'll definitely see a drastic depletion in the ccj trust fund because as presently we are saying that it's about five million returns annual returns about seven million dollars uh, annual court costs plus administration costs for the fund. So if it if 
it goes up to 14. Right? While the, the fund is being depleted from 85 down to 80, down to 65, then the returns will be lower. But let's say we cap the returns at 4 million. So we have revenue coming in, 4 million. Expenses, money going out, 14 million. There's a spread of 10 million. And if we have 85 million now, it will take eight years to liquidate the balance. Did I, hear, did I hear you correctly that you said, he said that there had to be some a top-up like every five years? He said that they'd made recommendations. Yeah, but the original amount was 100 million and he, then the government walk away. Right, but you see, but they, they're telling persons out there, and, and I've seen it on their website, and I've heard them, uh, is recorded that this 100 million dollars you have paid for your quote already mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you paid in perpetuity and you're saying the gentleman who is in charge of the finances is saying that they have made recommendation for a five-year top-up that's right and he said so because i felt at the time he really didn't know me and he didn't know my position he mm -hmm. felt everybody there was but i was biased towards ccj you see mm -hmm. but then you know i got all the information and he, and he was fear um, in answering of his, his questions so, so if I just get back to this here, here, Dave, right? That in order for CCG to function as they say it's going to function, after eight years with no money, the governments will have to come back to the people. We'll have to come back to the people for taxpayers' money. And we're saying to the persons, uh, the NCC, the National Coordinating Committee that is promoting the CCG, they have to come and speak the truth and speak the real facts to the people of Antigua and Barbuda. I think in one questioning with, with the uh, chief, the uh, president, he hinted that, well, maybe we may need to, 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 to get a top-up. And I <laughs> saw it in your cartoon where they were saying tapping up. But in that maybe, it's a must that these, uh, to run the CCG as they envision it, will need plenty money and we're saying here where does the priority lies we have many civil servants out there for donkey years crying for their back pay i am saying that's more important at this time our, our chairman mentioned the whole court system and they need funds and they need funds we're saying the 20 million dollars oh my give the chief justice so that so that justice can be dispensed in a fair and balanced manner that 20 plus million is it owed by the oecs or the, the oecs the oecs, OECS. Not, well the, the eastern caribbean states. eastern caribbean states yes right so then they all would have to be paying into yes. that 20 plus yes. correct and they're not they're not so the point we're making here mm. when you really run the real and true figures so if ccj going need money then where the money coming from it, it may be CC. We don't want to say it because we want them to bring the figures to the people mm. and tell the people, well, maybe we may have us to have a special tax in all the countries to fund CCJ and do what we want. Because, you know, the, 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 the staff costs, my, I'm saying I don't want to speak to it, you know, but in, in our town hall sessions, we'll speak to it. It's, it's enormous. I'll just use that word. And if it is that you're going to have such a court, yes, we are saying give the people all the facts if the people are going to be be taxed to pay for this court tell them that after this hundred million dollars finish 
well, we're going to tax you. If we're not going to tax you, then look, you know, the priority will change. We, education may have to move some money. We may have to move some money from education to, 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 to justice. We may have to move some money from tourism to justice. Tourism we, hardly have money. Well, they're going to have to move money. If they're not going to move the money, they're going to have to tax the people. Okay, I need to know this. The four countries that are part of the CCJ now are? Barbados, Belize, Dominica, and Guyana. Did they have to have a referendum? I don't think any of them did. No. So that was not entrenched in their constitution? No. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, I think uh, Antigua and Grenada uh, probably unique in that regard. And St. Vincent? St. Vincent, I don't think they require a referendum, although they did have one uh, maybe two or three years ago on whether they should de link from the Privy Council. Uh, but I don't think this constitution specifically requires them to have a referendum to do it. So if the government of St. Vincent determined tomorrow that they wanted to do it, they could do it by... Um, by parliament? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so we're there. So the fact is that the, the CCJ court will need money. And you're saying fund the law courts first before mm-hmm. we continue to put money into CCJ. Fund the law courts. Yeah. Fix yeah. the prison. Mm. Fund know, the police. Fund the police. How oh, you mean? Get more policemen? Why not, not? Just more police. You get <laughs> no, more. Police. Yeah. Yeah. The police. Dave, I mean, yeah. Dave, mm. let's look at the police force. Mm-hmm. Their equipments that they need in order to go through with certain cases. Their persons on remand waiting for their day in court for one reason or another. Just imagine the suffering. And every day you pass the prison, you see families outside waiting to take food in for their, their loved ones. Whether or not they did something wrong, let the justice process take its natural course but don't suffer me for two years on remand because you can't find a trial judge you can't find the records of appeal and you know there's so much different issues that need to be taken. the police officer that is supposed to be um, investigating the matter went on vacation so nobody else takes up the file those are some of the issues that are out there well let me just interject as you said you know why they need money this case or this situation with this 13-year-old girl, mm. I am hearing that because she, she's not um, wanting to give evidence, that the police, police doesn't have evidence because they don't have any uh, forensic with DNA yeah. and so forth. If the police had such um, uh, equipment, then, then the, 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 the whomever would have really been convicted. You will have the evidence there. The but, DNA. But they, have, they have the capacity. They have the capacity to get mm-hmm. to collect DNA evidence. It isn't always done for a variety of administrative reasons, uh, but they, they they do have the capacity. Yeah. They made an effort to try and get that uh, to get the police force ready for those kinds of offenses. Uh, so even if somebody makes a complaint of rape, no, uh, they they the do rape administer kit. a rape kit and all mm-hmm. of those things. So they didn't have it with, with the young lady. Well, I, I I well. I don't think that the report that she made was immediate. Oh, okay. So they right. Okay, so let's look at this yeah. now because I want to get back to the fact of missing files, files uh, get destroyed and all that. And within the law courts, how can they fix that? Well, Dave, uh, it's a wider issue. Antigua is lucky in the sense that we have a high court building. Which, which functions well for the most part. There are some issues from time to time. There are some health issues. That building was built, for instance, without any windows that could open. 
so and and the air conditioning does malfunction from time to time and they, they had, the staff has had to protest because of some foul orders every now and again but we are lucky that we have our own building dominica did not have one saint vincent did not have one uh saint lucia does not have one so one of the things that we have to start to look at is where we're going to put our courts the hurricane in dominica has displaced the, the, the um the courts in dominica so a lot more trials are not being heard because they're using very temporary facilities which cannot accommodate the full court staff in antigua as i said we need to address the question of putting the magic squad in a decent building we need to look at probably moving the industrial court because it's not a, in, in a building that's user friendly in, mm-hmm. in, in a for disabled people with disabilities and so on because they have to climb two or three flights of stairs to get to the uh, the court so we have to look at, at, at those types of issues. Now, listen, there is no legal system in the world that's perfect. I'm not asking for us to correct every single problem in the legal system, but there's some glaring problems out there that demand attention. Is it doable? Yes, they are. They're all doable, but you need a plan. And you see, again, coming back to this referendum, I need to make one fundamental point here. From talking to people throughout the length and breadth of Antigua, there is a problem with a lack of confidence in the judicial system for a variety of reasons. Some of them are valid, some of them are not valid, but people generally have this problem. You need to get 66% for this vote to carry. And what we're saying is if you want to get to 66%, you're going to have to, first of all, engage in a confidence-building exercise. Confidence-building cannot be done in two months or three months. You can't just say, well, you're having a referendum this date and then you go on and have discussions on it. No, no, no. You need to have a concrete plan as to how you're going to build the confidence. So, one, you have to educate the people about how the court system works. Most people that I've spoken to have no clue about how the court structure is set up. They have no clue. They don't know exactly how the legal system is supposed to operate in relation to them. So, you have to do that. You have to go out there and educate them. At the, at the recent opening of the court... The director of public prosecution said that, you know, this referendum is so important. We have to be careful because we don't want public propaganda. What we want is public education. So the public has to be educated and sensitized as to how the legal system operates. And you have to build confidence, not just by educating them, but also showing that you're taking concrete steps to improve the legal system, showing that you are actually being sincere when you say that you you believe in the independence of the courts, you believe in the competence of the judges, well, show it. Don't just pay lip service to it by telling us, okay, fine, but let's vote for the CCG and that and that's it. And presenting only one-sided argument. What we would love is for the government to actually call us and say, listen, come and talk to us and tell us what you think we can do. Because listen, what we're trying to tell the government is you can get to the 66%. You can bring down the microphone. Yeah. You can get to 66%, mm-hmm. but you're going to need to do some things which you have not been doing. That's what we want them to do. The fact is that there's an option out there that they can educate the people and they can benefit from the education of the people. Yes. You know, in America, everybody knows uh, the, the Declaration of Independence and they know how the court system has become they're taught <coughs> civics in, school. in schools. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have that. So we have to play catch up. And I think it, we could, with an aggressive campaign, begin to educate the people. Because as I said, people lack confidence in the court system for some reasons which are valid and some which are invalid. So you have to be able to let them know how it works so that you can manage their expectations. I hear, I, I heard a conversation 
that are saying there's lawyers out there who is not qualified to represent people and are representing people. Is that so? I don't think so. I've never heard that. I don't know. Well, I've heard it. I've heard it saying that some lawyers mm -hmm. who know that they're not or they should not be representing uh, clients. I want to know how does one? We don't you have to present a document and 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 well, the legal system know, for Dave, you to as far as I know for you to all of us get annual practicing certificates. Mm -hmm. If your certificate is not valid, the judges have a list of, of those lawyers who and they paid would know. Up. Yes. So the possibility of one who is not valid representing client is is, is not part is not possible. Well. Let me put it this way. I don't think such a lawyer could appear in a courthouse. In but, but from the conversation <laughs> that I've heard, uh -huh. it seems like it's the lawyers who are causing the problem and the lay of some of the cases. I heard that too. I, oh, I think I heard, I heard Mr. Asifan made that comment the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, I found it strange that Mr. Asifan would choose to make that statement. But let me tell you something. Um, in, in the court system today, judges are not, judges are actually encouraged not to grant so many adjournments. So when I first got called to the bar in 1997, you know, a, a lawyer could turn up in court and say he wants an adjournment. And, you know, if it was a senior lawyer to me, I would feel obligated to agree. Uh, but it's no longer like that. The judges are the ones who manage and take control of the courts. So they don't grant adjournments just like that. I mean, just I was wondering how could yeah. the lawyers be blamed? It's not up to the lawyers. It's up to the judge. The judge mm. grants the adjournment. So mm. the, the delays are, are, are really a function of what happens in the system. For instance, uh, right now, we have uh, two civil judges and two criminal judges and a master. And I, it, it, I have to be honest about it. I mean, we probably need more judges. We have more lawyers now in Antigua and Barbuda. And a lot of these lawyers are practicing on their own. And a lot of them are doing a lot of litigation. And so they, they, they file a lot more cases. And so the system has to be able to cope with all the new cases that are being filed right now. I had a very interesting conversation with Sir Dennis Byron, the former president of the court. We had lunch uh, a few weeks ago. And I actually suggested to him some reforms that we could have in, in the high court system with case management and so on. So I, although I think we have a, a good basic structure, there are some problems which are popping up which we need to address. But to say that lawyers are responsible for the delays, I think, is misguided. It's not, it, it's not so. We have a system that is built on the expectation that we'd have X amount of cases. But we now have X times 10. Gentlemen, I'm looking at the clock on the wall and saying I only have nine minutes. And I, uh, there's so much more. We can, but but uh, Mr. Hughes, uh, I, I want you to go to a case mm. that um, uh, was taken quite early to the Privy Council and why it was taken to the Privy Council and uh, uh, the, the, the litigants in, in that situation were who? Yeah, well, let me say this. Um, the Antigua and Barbie, the workers' union, does not take the justice system lightly. And we have had to go to the Privy Council on several occasions. Our uh, sister union, the Antigua Chase and Labor Union, has gone to the Privy Council. But I think the, what is pointed is that the Antigua Trades and Labor Union was one of the first unions to take a matter to the Privy Council. And that involves uh, a lady by the name of Gertrude O'Neill. And those senior members in the ATNLU will remember that case where union leaders, the then union leaders, Novel Richards and V.C. Bird and so on, had to wage a protest against 
the, the employer, Gertrude O'Neill. That case was fought in every way to the extent that the employer brought a case against the union for not filing its accounts to the Register of Trade Unions on time. And the union was, 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 was sanctioned by the, by the courts for not filing. It went to the Privy Council. And all the arguments of the, um, the lawyers, and I just want to quote something here from the judgment which was written in the book for, for Sir Keaton Smith, No Easy Pushover. It said that the, in 1960 was when the Privy Council handed down its decision on the O'Neill case. And that was the 21st birthday of the union. 18, 21 years old then. And went to the Privy Council. And it says that the, that year the Privy Council finally brought down judgment in the O'Neill case. Agreeing that the ATNLU that a trade that agreeing with the ATNLU that a trade dispute existed, and the Privy Council called the O'Neill's lawyers' arguments strangely out of date, because their interpretation and the Court of Appeal interpretation on the, the whole question of the word workman was wrong. We went to the Privy Council with the waterfront workers over the whole question, Dave, of the royalties because the, there was a change in now from break bulk cargo to containerization. And we were putting proper procedures in place that when they shifted from break bulk to containerization, that the workers would not lose. And at every court, we lost except the, the Privy Council. And the Antigua Barbuda Workers Union is very clear on our position. We are not saying no conscience vote. We are saying vote no. We are leading and saying to our members, vote no on referendum day. Vote no because at this point in time, we are not yet ready to make the transition. We are not ready to make. We're not telling you, oh, because Dave, your conscience can play with you, you know. Mm -hmm. Your conscience can play with you. People can influence you up to the time you're in the line going to vote. So make up your mind. Working class people in this country must make up their mind and be resolute in their position and vote no. Just vote no because we're not ready at this point in time. Who are the people, Dave? Who are the people who are affected? Brother Kenny Kent, is said justice don't start at the top, you know. Justice not starting at the Privy Council. It's not starting at the CCJ. Mm -hmm. Justice starts from the time you're arrested, from the time your employer fire you at the labor department, from the time you, 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 you find yourself in a dispute. That's where justice starts. And if the system is not in place to administer the level of justice, you're not going to make it to the Privy Council or the CCJ. And always saying, let's get it right. Let's correct the system from this, the bottom up. Let's start to get things properly in place. So we should not be um, um, asking the ordinary citizens of this country to say, oh, um, we're already there and we're making it into an issue of white man this and, uh, and cost factor. Oh, the poor man can't pay to go Privy Council. Will the poor man be able to pay to go to um, CCJ? The cost is going to be less. It's going to be zero for the poor man to go CCJ. Let's ask, they must, uh, they must answer these questions. Is the government and the camera, let me say this to you know, Dave. I want to do a parting shot here. If I was the prime minister of this country, I would fire Dr. Clarence Henry. Mm 
Because he has made a mess of this whole referendum. A mess of the debate. For two years, since, since 2016, they've been having this debate on CCJ. The organized committee, they brought a gentleman from Grenada who was in charge of helping to sell. And the whole thing was abandoned. Now, what happened between 2016 and now, Dave? You heard anything at all? As a matter of fact, some people felt that the whole referendum thing was off the table. Totally off the table. And now, in six weeks, you write to the Privy Council, one week ahead of a, a town hall meeting, to ask them, that, um, whatever you're doing, just stop. We're having a referendum a meeting discussion here. So these people have nothing to do in London. They don't have to book a ticket. They don't have to make the arrangement. Come and tell us why we should stay with you. They wrote the workers' union the very day, Dave, of the, ref of the meeting down at Perry Bay. The very day they sent a letter to the workers' union and they did not even have the courtesy to sign the letter, the invitation letter. We still have it down there. The courtesy to sign that letter of invitation to the forum that you're inviting me to. But you just remember that this is a group of people that have some influence. But we're saying to our members out there as a union, the issue of justice for the working class people is something that is not yet settled and we at the bottom. So we have to make sure that we get that right. Right, Kenny? Well, yes. we look at it. You, you, the, the, there's a town hall meeting, you said. Uh, yes, but um, the public will know about that. But I okay. just want to end uh, by calling on the people of Antigua and Barbuda to, to not make this here a partisan political issue. Oh, this okay. this issue supposed to be an issue where each individual, whether you belong to any political party or you belong to red, blue, orange, you look at the issue and listen to the views expressed on both sides and make your decision. And I want to once again call old Prime Minister Gaston Brown because he seems like he wants to take it down a political road. This organization here is not any political organization. It's an organization of, of individuals who love this country that are saying to the government, just hold up a little bit. And I will say to Prime Minister Gaston Brown, and I heard my colleague here mention about firing. Mm -hmm. But you see, they've already fired somebody. But that I will speak to at another time. Please do. Speak to at the, at the forum that you have. Because uh, we, we need to know. I need to hear from the, the, uh, the chairman, president, whatever. What, what's the title well, that you uh, have for uh, the, the CC? The but chairman I, but of the I, CCC. I would end by saying this. It's very important that people take the referendum very seriously. Do not stay home. Whether you want to vote yes or no, take a decision and go out and vote. That's yeah, very important. It, it, well, this is what I need. Is it a yes or no vote? Yes. The, the, the ballot it, paper has yeah. a question and you are required to vote either yes or no. Okay, this so it's either yes or no. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, gentlemen, thanks for giving us of your time. Uh, members of the CCJ Can Wait Committee, and that was formed, uh, I think, officially today, and they're out there to educate the massive. And again, uh, they're members of Antigua and Barbuda public, and uh, like they said, they want it to be a straight education process where they're educating you. The decision will left up to uh, citizens of Antigua and Valbula on election day. And I think, Dave, what should be noted is that we're available to any interest group that wants to hear the other side of the argument. Even to the government? Even to yes. the government. Okay, good. Gentlemen, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Stay well. Hope to have you back again shortly.